This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Hey there, welcome to the Winning with ADHD podcast. I'm Heather Walker, and today I'd like to talk to you about ADHD and exhaustion. If you have an ADHD child, especially one that's probably between, I don't know, tween and teenager at least, you probably notice that they might be exhausted often and say that there's just so much work, there's just so much to do, and I'm just exhausted. And while that might feel completely unreasonable as a parent, what we need to learn and recognize is that those little ADHD brains or big ADHD brains are just churning all the time and just going, 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 going. I kind of like to um, compare it to being in a car that is in neutral with the park brake on and hitting the gas and just like flooring it at that time, you're expending all of this energy, right? Like you're using up all this gas, you've got the loud sounds of all of the things that are happening. And there is actually work that's happening, but there isn't any forward movement or backward movement if you want it to be in reverse, but like forward movement of the car, because you've got the brake on, you're in neutral, even though you're punching the gas really, really hard. And so what happens is, is the car uses up all the gas in the gas tank and is actually working hard and getting warm, right, from all of the work that it's doing. And I would like to compare that to an ADHD brain or even maybe um, one that is heavily ridden with anxiety about getting things done, potentially even depression as well. So let's kind of talk through an example of what that might look like for someone with ADHD. So Um, There are certain chores or tasks that might feel incredibly daunting, like there are just so many steps and there's just so much to do, right? Um, Two that I can think of in particular are cleaning the kitchen, cleaning a bedroom, and taking a shower. And so let's walk through each of those. So cleaning the kitchen, you've got usually several different steps. You have to unload the dishwasher. If you have a dishwasher, you have to reload the dishwasher. You might even have some sensory issues in there where you're touching things that you don't like to touch that maybe you're kind of like gooey like, or um, maybe even the water or maybe the soaps um, are causing some sensitivity um, discomfort. And so you've got getting the dishes into the dishwasher. You've got cleaning off the dishes. You have to put the food into other containers and put it in the refrigerator as leftovers. You have to get soapy water and wipe down all the counters and surfaces. You have to throw things in the trash and you have to wash anything that doesn't fit in a dishwasher. Or if you don't have a dishwasher, washing all of those dishes. And if there's lots of things in the skillet or whatever, it makes the water gross. And everything and put it away. And it just feels like so many steps and so much work. 
Another example might be cleaning a room. So I think I talked about this in last month's podcast of breaking it down and helping them and say, well, maybe we could start by picking up the trash and maybe we could then put away the dirty or put the dirty laundry into the wash. We could put away the clean clothes. We can now work on either toys or crafts or whatever else might be in the room. But that can also feel like a lot of steps, especially if there's a lot of things that are spread out throughout the room. And so when that ADHD brain or um, anxiety or depression type brain sees those things can be really, really overwhelming and their brains just sit there and churn and think about it, Um, making it sometimes what some would say bigger than it really is, but that's their reality is that, that there's so many steps to take and that's just exhausting. The last one is a shower. So um, I read a couple of, or I'm a part of a couple of different uh, ADHD Facebook groups, just listening to what other people are sharing from their experiences. And this one in particular is Uh, for an adult ADHD group talking about hygiene and showers. So you've got the sensitivities to um, different types of soaps and water and um, other things like that. But then you also have the mental load of, I have to wash my hair. I have to condition my hair. Maybe I have to shave. Maybe I need to wash my body with soap. Um, Maybe there's some other steps that they might need to take or feel that they need to take in order to take a shower. You know, for myself, the idea of having to dry my hair after the shower is the part that usually causes me to second guess whether or not I want to take that shower that day or not. Um, And I think that um, there's actually a lot of women in particular that relate to that of having to do their hair after the shower and not wanting to take on that workload. So let's talk through some of those types of things and, and things that we could offer to help them. So the shower one in particular comes into mind. One thing that you could do is you could work to reduce the number of steps that they need to take. So instead of having them shampoo their hair and condition their hair, maybe you get an all-in-one that has the shampoo and the conditioner combined. Or maybe we can break this up into separate activities altogether. Maybe um, they can wash their hair in the sink on one day and take a shower where they don't do anything with their hair another day. If they do any type of shaving, they could do that on the edge of the tub on a different day. That could be an option. Now, for some people, that might be something that's like a total deal breaker. It's like, now you just took something and now I have to spread it out over three different days. And that is just way too much for me to process or comprehend. But sometimes that can be a way to help break down the steps and see what it's like. So that could be an option to help with, say, showering and feeling overwhelmed by it. Or if you hear the comments of there's just too many things to do and it's just so hard, that could be one of the ways that you can help work through that. Another way um, that we've talked about um, in the past um, is, or just a few minutes ago, is with the room is picking one thing at a time. So we can make some things visual and say, 
okay, great. Every Monday, I need you to pick up the trash. And every Tuesday, I need you to put the dirty clothes in the wash. And every Wednesday, we're going to pick up clothes that can be worn again and put them away. And every Thursday, we're going to do something else. So what that does, though, is even if you share that schedule with them or not, is it allows for some consistent effort to be made in several different areas of maintaining a reasonably clean room. So that's an idea as well. Um, I wanted to share an acronym with you as well. I felt that it was one that could be incredibly helpful um, if you are looking for ways to help remind yourself to be a good resource and help your ADHD kid. So it's going to be steps with two Ps. So the first letter in steps is S and that is for support. So when you have somebody who's saying that's just too hard and they're kind of sulking down and their shoulders drop or maybe even they flop on the floor or the couch, First of all, what we can do is we can offer some support and say, I understand there are so many steps and that it can be hard work. Now, I will admit that is something that took me a long time to be okay with, and I'm still not always great at that one. But what that does is it validates how they're feeling. And when you validate how they're feeling, you will instantly see a different response come around from just get up and go do it, right? The next one in steps is the letter T, and that's for tools. And the it's kind of a two-prong approach, right? You have tools for you as the parent to be able to help you utilize these skills or resources to help navigate, teach, and coach your child to be able to master these skills. But you also have to learn skills and or have school skills, schools, tools for yourself and build up skills for yourself to be able to be that support system for your child. And really, this is applicable to everybody. But I have three different kids. They all show up in three very different ways. And learning ways to be able to help them and get help them get through certain situations Um just requires a little bit of tweaking with each different one, right? So I have one daughter who has anxiety, but doesn't have ADHD. And the way that I speak with her from, um, from just having anxiety and her own personality is completely different than how I speak to my child that just has ADHD and definitely different than I speak to my child and work with my child who has ADHD, anxiety, and depression. So each one is going to be a little bit different, but what allows me to show up and feel confident in being able to accomplish what we are wanting to as a family um, or being able to accomplish what I want them to learn and grow um, has been where I've taken on new skills and taken on new tools to be able to help uh, foster that type of environment. And then because I've developed those, I'm then able to teach them and provide resources for them and remind them and refer them back to it of, hey, remember that one time when we did this and you got it completely done in whatever amount of time or and got it completely clean or you know, whatever it might be in a scenario. So by being able to offer those types of tools and skills, you can create confidence and self-efficacy for them, 
but also for yourself. Some of the ways that I have gained skills is by practicing the things that I've learned and the resources that I've obtained. Several places that I've gotten resources or um, learned to different tools is from the many doctors that we have seen over the years who've taught me tons of things um, just from the experiences that we've gone through, which has been really, really helpful. I know a lot of people use ADHD coaches and um, read books by authors who shared their experiences or who have a medical background that are providing more of that scientific kind of knowledge behind how the brain works has been, excuse me, has been incredibly helpful for me. The last area that I've gained a ton of resources or skill sets or tools from is actually from my place of employment in working with um, so many different individuals as a manager and being able to work with them on different ways of learning and different ways in showing up at work and then managing some difficult situations at a place of business. Along with that, I do a ton of reading mostly business books, but what's really interesting is, is that everything I learned from being a better manager as, as from like the business world side of things has helped me to be a better mom at home. And so that's probably my favorite resource actually, because I love business so much. And so that's where I find a ton of help and um, confidence and skills from. The next one is the letter E, and that's for empathy. And so if we go back to, say, your child saying, there's just so many steps, it's just so hard. So again, offering them support, validating that, oh, it does feel like a lot of steps. Then you've got the tools that you have in place. You can start kind of recalling them. You can then come in and say, it must be really challenging to work through this when there's just so much to do. And then you could say, well, what is something that we could do as a first step? Now, they might at that time just say, I don't know, it's just too much. Where would you even start? So you could offer step number one. Step number one could be, let's pick up the trash, right? Um, so you could help them by overcoming the need for them to determine what is the first step, because that's one of the core traits of ADHD is an inability to figure out an initial starting point. The next thing that comes in steps is the letter P, which would be patience. So this one's by far the hardest one for me. Patience is not something that comes to me naturally and something that I have to work on consistently. But when I have the tools and the skills readily available to me and I know how to pull from them, I know how, or I'm better equipped to be patient because I'm reminded of why we are working on this, that I'm here to teach my child a skill set that they are lacking in to help them be successful. And so as I remind myself of that purpose and what we're trying to do, and then ultimately that helps us build a better relationship, um, it, it cultivates, um, in my mind, uh, and it cultivates to where I'm able to be more patient in these situations. Now, we all have our rough days. We all have a lot going on. Um, but this is an imperfect scenario that we would follow all of these. But until then, just working to apply them consistently, you'll start to naturally follow them without having to think super, super hard about them. 
The next one we're going to do is the letter P again, because we're going to do steps with two P's. And that's persistence, because along with patience, it's almost patience and persistence like are almost joined together because you're going to have to be persistent and you're going to have to be repetitive and consistently working on the reminders and teaching the skill sets and having maybe some failed attempts where you have to re re repeat some things or try them again um, to allow for their brains to acknowledge what does this process look like? What flow can I follow through for success? And once you're able to get there, you'll see that they uh, reduce the need to say, it's just so hard, or I'm just so exhausted because by being consistent with it and being having a, a schedule or a flow of how you clean your room or a framework around it allows for their brains to start to pick up on that. One thing that I've noticed with those with ADHD is that their pattern recognition is absolutely phenomenal. So if there's a way that you can tie in some of the patterns on how to clean a room with these patterns that will connect in their brain, you will see amazing things happen from that. Um, the last one is S for structure. Any type of established structure environment that you can create will be better in the long run. So again, this is kind of a tool, but it's also a way to help prevent that meltdown of it's too hard. I'm so exhausted from the things that you do consistently at your home or in your home. So for example, cleaning your room, I mentioned earlier on Monday, throw away the trash and Tuesday we pick up dirty laundry. So along with that comes the need for some flexibility, right? So if you are a person that's like, nothing can be on the floor, the room has to be perfect. Clearly that may not work for you, but in regards to teaching them skill sets and patterns and creating that routine and structure, it's actually a really, really great way for to, to reduce that overwhelm, to reduce that exhaustion, because the more consistent you are with it, the less their brain has to churn and think about that to determine, okay, what is my first step? Okay, well, how would I execute that? Okay, now I need to get up and pick this up. And oh my gosh, the trash can doesn't have a trash bag. And then things start to fall apart a lot faster, right? Um, one of the phrases that a doctor told us a long, long, long time ago was being a rigid child. And I think actually all humans are rigid in their own way. Some people just have different sizes of funnels. So if you imagine a funnel and you've got everything that's happening in your day coming through that funnel, you could have had some hard things, right? Whatever that might be. Uh, the other day I had two kind of days where my funnel was overflowing because I tried to, um, I was doing something at work and um, a vendor came to work on our power and um, shut off our power, but didn't tell me. And so I was on my walking pad on a meeting at work and it almost threw me off my walking pad. It cut me out of the meeting. Um, even though the power came back right back on, the Wi-Fi wouldn't connect back. So I couldn't get back into the meeting. Um, I went that evening to go take my kids to the gas station to get some gas. 
Well, the gas station we go to, we use an app. Well, the app wouldn't load right. So I tried to authorize the pump, but it declined it because I don't, I don't think I moved fast enough to pull the pump out or the handle out of the pump. And so it locked me out in the system for 24 hours. Then the next day, I tried to go and get a car wash and I couldn't get internet where I was. It's like, it just kept churning on my phone. The loyalty program was down and I realized I had a flat tire while I was getting gas. And so that was my experience of like my funnel, just having negative, not things, having things not go my way on like for 24 hours straight. Right. So you can imagine just being incredibly irritable and frustrated and why does everything have to be so hard? And so if we can take those types of adult experiences that we're having and apply it to our kids of, hey, my toy broke or, you know, my friend texted me something mean or my friend didn't respond to me or um, whatever it might be in the scenario that they have. That's all those things coming into that funnel. And we can only take so many of them before our funnel starts to overflow. And so when you have something that's really difficult to work on or what feels really difficult, like a lot of steps, and then your trash can doesn't have a trash bag, it can be a moment where you kind of lose composure. And so we're just looking for ways to minimize the amount of things that are trying to go through the funnel and create opportunities for them to be able to problem solve. And so as parents, that is one of our biggest responsibilities or or probably should be one of our biggest goals is to help them to be able to manage the flow of the activities that are going through their funnel, creating it to where things are as consistent as we can in the items that are repetitive and just normal daily life to reduce the energy that's being expelled in their brain and reduce that exhaustion. So if we go back to that car analogy from the beginning where we talked about, you know, being in neutral, having the brake on and the gas being floored, you're not going anywhere. If you can relate that to your kid and how they're feeling about when you ask them to clean the kitchen or their room or take a shower or whatever um, triggering event is it is for you at your household. If we can kind of just think about that as what is happening in their brain is that it's working really, really, really hard and there's just no forward movement. What's one thing we could do to help them to reduce that friction, right? So clearly in a car, getting it into drive out of neutral, right? So, or you know, after that, what's the next thing we could do? Okay, well, maybe we let up off the gas a little bit. Maybe we're not flooring it so hard, but maybe we've just got it pushed a little bit so that we're able to get some momentum. And then maybe the next piece is that we take our foot off the brake. And so maybe we do it in that order so that we're not floored and we don't just like peel out when we lift our foot off the brake, right? And so looking for ways to be able to help manage Uh, those different pieces and how our brains and our bodies are responding to them and creating that meltdown or just that sheer exhaustion of just trying to figure out, well, what do I do next? Or, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. So I think another piece to be reminded of is the time management piece that comes with ADHD and why something might 
feel like it's so hard is because when we have to do something that we don't enjoy or that we don't want to do, we always think it's going to take a lot longer than it really does for the most part, right? And if you struggle with time management and have time blindness and you have to take a shower and you know that you struggle with initiation and it takes you six minutes to get in the shower before you even turn on the water, before you even then go wash your hair, right? Um, thinking that it's going to take a really long time means that it's going to detract from the time that you have to do what you want to do. And so another piece that we could do is to help bring awareness to the amount of time it takes. And so a lot of times doctors or coaches will say, let's just set a timer for five minutes. And I want you to pick up as much trash as you can in five minutes, or maybe you could set it for less than that, two minutes, pick up as many dirty clothes as possible in two minutes. And then that way there's a limit to it, because if you think that it's going to drag on forever, it can feel daunting and really hard. And there's just so many steps, but if we kind of box it in, it makes it a little bit more digestible. Anyway, I hope that that provides some valuable tools and skills for you to use as a parent of those with ADHD, using those that STEPS acronym for you to be able to help coach them through those situations, but really just to have a better understanding of what their brain is doing and comparing it to that car analogy for me was just a really, really good way to um, have some empathy to the situation and how they're feeling rather than me instantly being triggered by the flop on the couch. It's just so hard and the arms flailing, right? Um, So anyway, I hope you guys give that a try and I'd love to hear how it goes for you and talk to you guys next month. Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.